Hi team and welcome back to the fourth uh, edition of my podcast. Now today's topic, I'm going to be talking about cortisol and that's also known as the stress hormone. Now it's a topic which was brought to me by one of my favourite clients, Melissa, and she originally wanted me to talk about hormones in a much broader sense, but I had a think about it and to be honest, it's, it's too broad a subject to tackle in one go. I'd be here for hours. So what I've decided to do is just split into talking about individual hormones uh, at a time. Now, hormones, uh, what you may wonder what they are. Now, a hormone is essentially a molecule which your body uses for signaling. So it will release them uh, to circulate through your body and will send signals to various cells and organs in your body to do various tasks depending on what the hormone is. So really it's to regulate your physiology and to a large extent your behaviour as well. Now, cortisol uh, is what you call a steroid hormone and it's produced from one of your three uh, steroid glands. In this case, it is from your adrenal gland. Uh, Your adrenal gland sits at the top of your kidneys. Uh, Other hormones, in fact, other glands, you can be found within your testes, ovaries, and other main hormones, which I'd like to talk about later on, would be things like testosterone, estrogen, thyroid hormones, insulin, uh, and the, the list goes on a bit, but that would be the main ones. Uh, and again, I'm going to tackle them at a later date. Now, cortisol is essential for normal function. It's essential for your health. Uh, the reason I decided to start with it is that although it is essential, uh, we have evolved from living... Uh, in fact, think of it humans. We don't exactly live in the same environment that we may have done going back uh, maybe 10,000 years or even 100 years, things are a lot different. And the reason I mention that is that our physiology uh, and our brain makeup, it hasn't really changed much in the last 10, 20, 30,000 years, even longer. And that does cause some problems, which I'll talk about in a bit more depth towards the end of this podcast. But in a normal day, in a normal situation, uh, a normal function, your body would produce cortisol regularly through the day. And it would produce it in terms of high stress, acute stress, danger, uh, low blood sugar levels, that can trigger it as well. And you may have heard of something called the fight or flight response, and cortisol plays a major part in that as well. Uh, Now cortisol is produced, it's not produced in the brain, but it's triggered by part of your brain called your hypothalamus and your pituitary gland. So if your body picks up some sort of uh, stressor or something that warrants the release of cortisol, that signal is originates in your hypothalamus and your pituitary gland, which in turn sends signals to your adrenal glands at the top of your kidneys, which in turn produce adrenaline. Uh, and adrenaline then triggers the release of cortisol. And that cortisol is pumped into your bloodstream and it circulates all through your body. Now. Most of your cells in your body will have some sort of receptor which will be influenced by cortisol to some degree depending where the cells are in your body. And yeah, depending on the situation, cortisol will either tell things to ramp up or might tell things to actually switch off and inhibit given what the situation is. Now in a normal day-to-day, assuming that things are well and healthy and there's not too much major stress, what would happen is uh, cortisol plays a major role in essentially your sleep cycle. 
as well. And that's something called your dural rhythm, whereby when you wake up in the morning, cortisol levels are quite high. And as you progress through the day, the cortisol levels will start to decrease. And that's a healthy way, that's how it should function. And cortisol on a daily basis is necessary for a whole heap of things. Uh, main ones being managing your blood sugar levels, uh, managing your metabolism. It has an effect on uh, inflammation. It's a, it has an anti-inflammatory effect. It can influence the, uh, your memory and your cognitive function. It has an influence on your salt water balance. It can change your blood pressure. And it has quite a profound effect in fetal development as well. Uh, and it's actually involved quite a bit in the, the triggering of the birth process. So those are pretty essential things. And you can imagine if uh, they're thrown at a whack for whatever reason, that's not going to be good for you. So again, I'll talk about this later on as to why uh, I think cortisol can be good and bad as based on how we live today. So that would be in a normal day where you're, you're not going to encounter any major stresses in your life. Uh, now I mentioned the fight or flight response fear and that's something which will happen when you come across an acute stress or danger, something which is essentially uh, might be detrimental to your existence. Now I mentioned as well that uh, us as humans we haven't really changed an awful lot in terms of our physiology and our brain function in the last uh, tens of thousands of years but the way we live has changed quite immensely so I like to think of this as uh, from a terms of how we've evolved and why cortisol does what it does now the way I'd think about it is that if you die of the clock back far enough humans we were living uh, essentially a hunter-gatherer lifestyle so we'd be whether it be the plains of Africa or wherever it is we'd be foraging for berries and fruits, root vegetables, or we'd be hunting uh, whatever kind of animals you could get your hands on. Now, imagine you're living that existence and you're, you're going about your business, you're collecting berries and out of nowhere some sort of predator decides it's going to have you for dinner or try and have you for dinner. So what are you going to do? Your flight or flight response is kicking in. So this is something we've evolved to deal with, to help save our life, to help us get to where we are and evolve to where we are today. So, imagine you're out in the, your savannah, a predator comes out of nowhere. What your body does is it very quickly pumps lower cortisol into your bloodstream and that's part of the flight or fight response. Uh, now that cortisol tells your body to do lots of different things really quickly. Uh, initially, it will tell your kidneys to pump out a lot of sugar, fat and pro uh, carbs. Sorry. I get tongue-tied there. It will tell your liver to produce a lot of sugar by breaking down fats, carbs, and proteins. And that's a process called glycolysis. So the liver pumps out a lot of sugar uh, into the body, a lot of glucose, and that is to fuel your body. That is mainly to fuel your muscles, your skeletal muscle, and your brain function. So it's fuel for your brain, fuel for your muscles. And what it does for your brain is it's going to increase your a focus, increase your like, a mental acuity to react quick to that dangerous situation. Your muscles are going to be fueled either to fight or for flight. So that's your running or fighting. Uh, and other things which kind of tie in with that is it will increase your blood pressure, it will increase your heart rate. So if your body's getting amped up 
so it's business time, game on, you're either going to fight for your life, you're going to run like hell to save your life. Uh, now, so what happens is when your body does that, it prioritises that very, very function where it, it needs to prioritise your need to get out of there or to fight. But what it does is it inhibits a lot of other non-essential functions. And when I say non-essential, they're non-essential for that instant, they're not non-essential in a general sense, but for that instant where you need to fight or flight, a lot of processes can be inhibited. So we're looking at things like your immune response can be inhibited, your digestive system will start shut off to some extent, blood is diverted away from that and sent to the brain and the muscles. It can inhibit growth processes and that could be things like uh, bone development and it can have a profound effect on your mood you, it might override your fear response and just get you to face up and fight whatever it is. So it's going to get you motivated to save your life. Uh, and one of the things it does again, and this is quite a, a profound effect when we're maybe not living in a, a primitive lifestyle, it makes a lot of other tissues in your body insulin resistant. So that essentially means that insulin being the main hormone which transports uh, sugar into your muscles or cells for fuel. It prioritizes your skeletal muscles and uh, your brain and all those systems uh, designed to help you run or fight. But it does that by inhibiting or making a lot of other cells in your body resistant to it. So keep that in mind, I'll come back to that later on. Now, so what would happen is you'd hopefully, <laughs> if that happens, you actually manage to get away and you, you live another day. Uh, and when you get away from that dangerous situation, which if you think of being chased by a predator or having to fight for your life, it's not going to take very long. I don't imagine uh, you'd be fighting for very long. So it's a short, sharp uh, response after which when the danger is passed, your body starts to come back to normal. So your adrenaline drops, cortisol drops, your blood pressure drops, your breathing rate drops when you come back to like a baseline level. So that's how your fight or flight response should function. But like I mentioned there, we don't live in the plains of savannah anymore, we don't live in small tribes or small communities, we live in a very complicated, complex uh, social structure where there's, a, there's probably an infinite number of things that can cause stress, whether it be you're worried about paying bills, you're, you're worried about what you're watching in the news, you haven't had enough sleep, your sleep cycle can even put a bit out of whack. In fact, if you're working a, a night shift, that can really play havoc with that dual cycle I spoke about earlier where it cortisol is high in the morning and it diminishes through the day. It could be flipped if you're working night shift, which is quite a, a negative thing for your health. And I was actually reading something recently where I think it was the World Health Organization that basically designated night shifts as being a carcinogen, which is essentially it's something which is damaging to your body. And they've classed it up there with things like being obese, or being a smoker, that's how bad it is. And that's how how bad that uh, not working or not uh, not sleeping as we have evolved to do can be quite detrimental to your body. So what tends to happen these days is that we're faced with a lot of low level stress, but it's chronic, it's, it's long lasting. And it's, it's not these acute stresses where you, you have a, a big build up of stress, you're fighting for your life, and then you're back to baseline. We are in a situation where most people uh, in the modern world were, were faced with too much stress, 
for too long a period of time and it's chronic and it's having quite a detrimental effect on people's health. So I'm going to talk through uh, a, quite a, an extensive list of these bad effects uh, and I'll talk about why they're bad as well. So one thing which uh, I mentioned briefly there is when you're in a stress situation, your fight or flight response and the cortisol is in your system, it tells a lot of your cells, non-essential cells, to be insulin resistant and it also puts a lot of sugar into your bloodstream. So you imagine you are stressed, but you're not stressed because you're, you're trying to fight for your life, you're stressed because you're tired, you've got, a, you've got a rubbish boss, or you haven't slept enough, or you get a bill to pay, or you've been watching the news, or maybe you've been living through COVID, I mean that's quite, a, I, I hate to think what the long lasting effects of this situation are gonna be, but it's safe to say there's a lot of stresses out there. Uh, so, and they're, they're not acute, they're, they're chronic, so that glucose in your system it isn't going to get used up by your muscles to run and fight or your brain to think fast. It's just going to sit there, it's going to circulate. And it's a bit of a double whammy when a lot of your other cells have been told by cortisol to, to be insulin resistant. And that could actually lead to, uh, in the worst case scenario, it could actually contribute towards type 2 diabetes, which is not a good thing to happen. But it can also cause weight gain. And it could cause quite a rapid weight gain if you're experiencing high levels of stress for uh, extended periods of time. Now that weight gain, just by the nature of how the cortisol works and where it transports the, the, the fat to be stored, it, it typically tends to be in people's faces, chest and belly. So belly is not a good one, that's your abdominal fat, where if you're carrying fat in your abdominal area, that becomes a risk factor for a whole host of metabolic disorders, heart disease, diabetes, essentially not good. And also with that, it can actually weaken a lot of the, your muscles and your arms and legs and extreme cases, it could actually lead to you losing muscle in your arms and legs and gaining fat, chest, face and belly. So not good at all. Uh, so with that elevated blood sugar and possibility of uh, causing diabetes, it could also increase blood pressure. So again, blood pressure Elevation is good when you're in a fight or flight response. It helps you get things moving through your system. But it's not good if you're not doing that. If you're just sitting around, maybe you have a desk job, you're sedentary, but you're stressed, your glucose levels are up, your body's a little bit more insulin resistant, your blood pressure's up. That's not a good combination of things to happen. Yeah. It can also lower your immune function. So when, again, in fight or flight response, your body doesn't need to worry too much about your immune system for that short duration where you're fighting or you're running. But this is a heck of a problem if it's chronic stress where it can impair your immune function. And think of what's going on today with COVID, the stress people are experiencing. Uh, and you need a strong immune system, but I, there's probably thousands, millions of people through the world who immune systems, uh, it's impaired to begin with from chronic stress and then they're trying to deal with battling things like COVID. And it can also impact uh, growth development. Uh, again, when you're in a short-term stress, the body doesn't need to worry too much about that, but when it's chronic, that can really impact development uh, in the fetus, which can lead to long-lasting effects as, uh, as kids grow up. It can uh, impact the formation of bones, and if they don't develop properly, that could be a risk factor for things like osteoporosis in later life. 
it can disrupt your sleep so if that sleep cycle is thrown out of whack whether it's because you're working night shifts or whether because you're stressed and you can't get to sleep because cortisol is in your blood system and your body's slightly amped up you, you can't switch off at night so not sleeping well it just uh, exacerbates that situation uh, mentally it can lead to things like anxiety yeah uh, I, I personally believe we're living through a bit of an anxiety epidemic as well uh, and that can lead to bigger things with depression it can make people irritable it can cause people to have mood swings so the takeaway from that it has a profound effect on people's behavior now because another thing of a flight fight response is that it diverts blood into the the essential organs at the time of when you got to run away it diverts it from your digestive system so that can lead to all sorts of stomach upsets nausea vomiting and just maybe unable to digest foods as efficiently as you should have it can even if it's chronic enough uh, affect people's libido you could lose your sex drive it can affect female menstrual cycle uh, worst case scenario it could actually prevent the menstrual cycle from functioning a uh, little bit less severe it can it can cause irregular periods uh, and the last kind of profound thing i'm going to mention here is it can actually impair uh, people's memory of a development of memories because thinking back to that fight or flight response your brain is going to be flooded with uh, glucose and sugar but that is to make very quick decisions in the moment it's not going to prioritize uh, formation of new memories but if you aren't in that acute stress but you're still having to manage a, maybe more of a chronic stress it can affect your, your ability to form memories so that's that ain't cool so that's going to impair your cognitive function and that is going to impair your, your concentration so the takeaway from that and I, I really want to think about here is that as humans we are not designed to deal with the types of stress which we, we now have in our modern world we're designed to deal with acute stress which you may have experienced 10 20 30 40 thousand years ago wherever that's in the plains of africa or the wherever it is but we just aren't equipped to deal with the modern world in terms of our a lot of our biological functions unfortunately but it's not necessarily all grim i mean the stress response uh, everybody will deal with stress differently and there's a lot of genetic factors which can uh, predisposition how people deal with it some people may have a very acute response to it where they don't deal very well others could have a slightly more managed response there's so much individual variation in that but another thing which can have a profound effect on how people deal with it is their life experience and their exposure to stress so that could be that if you go back far enough it could be stress in the womb maybe your mother was extremely stressed uh, and that could be things like people growing up in a war zone or i live in new zealand i'm thinking back to the earthquakes 10 years ago i mean that that could have an impact in that fetal development whereby there's if a fetus is exposed to a lot of stress hormones or young kids experience a lot of stress or that can actually lead to them being more vulnerable to dealing with it uh, later in life as adults so you're looking at things like kids being neglected kids being abused uh, kids being exposed to stressful situations when they're young like post-traumatic events uh, and another big thing which can cause issues here is uh, 
as adults, maybe you maybe you have a job which is highly stressful. It could be a police officer having to deal with a horrible situation, or you might be a, a first responder having to deal with seeing horrible things, or maybe you've been in the military, uh, or you may have been a victim of crime, or like I said, you could have just lived through some sort of natural disaster, like here in New Zealand, we had big earthquakes 10 years ago, and currently we're living through a global epidemic, so who knows what that effect is going to be like in 10, 20, 30 years, and these people who are children, or haven't even been born yet, but they're sitting in the, the mother's womb and sphericies, that's it's food for thought, at least. Now, as I say, it's not all doom and gloom. There is a lot we can do to manage your stress. And stress is normal. We need stress. And we need cortisol. It's a, it's a, a vital uh, hormone for us to function properly. So, now I've given you all the doom and gloom, I'm going to give you some uh, light out of the tunnel stuff here. So, this, this is how we can actually deal with it. There's a, there's a lot of things we can do throughout our day to make... To, to deal with that stress better and essentially how to manage it. So the big three would be diet, what you eat, healthy diet is good, regular exercise is good and good sleep is essential as well. And if you get those three uh, big things done right, you, you're going to be in a good place. You're not going to be too uh, affected by a, a lot of these big negative things with uh, elevated cortisol for long periods of time. Now other things you can do are things like uh, meditation where you might go and zone out, uh, run through your meditation for uh, even as little as five minutes can have a profound effect. So it doesn't need to be a big uh, commitment there. Uh, and if meditation isn't your thing, maybe mindfulness, just going and taking some space at your busy day and focusing on your breathing, bringing your heart rate down, reducing your blood pressure, We'll just bring that cortisol level down and that's something which uh, uh, I've experimented with and it definitely does help uh, and this is going to sound a bit funny but even this human contact having a having a hug or cuddle from somebody who's close to you from someone you love has actually been shown to be really positive uh, produces oxycodone the love hormone and it can actually reduce uh, stress levels so yeah get some hugs in there go and give your nearest and dearest a cuddle when you're feeling stressed uh, another good thing you can do is to practice gratitude. And then the, the the world we live in, it can be quite easy to get a bit of formal fear of missing out, especially for anything like social media. You might be looking at other people's feeds and thinking, oh crap, this person's living an awesome life. Why is my life not so good? But step back from that, put things into perspective and be grateful for the things that you do have. Uh, a good way to do that is before bed. You could just lie in bed. I just reach run through those things, think about what you're grateful for, you're grateful you get a roof over your head, grateful you've got somewhere safe to live, you don't live in a war zone, I mean I'm grateful every day I live in New Zealand, I'm grateful that I get to do this job I do as a, you know, I'm a personal trainer by day, uh, it gives me time to do these things, these little passion projects like making podcasts, you know, I, I'm super grateful for the, the life I have, but I went through periods of time where I've definitely been affected in looking at the grass is green on the other side and it's it definitely isn't a healthy mindset to have. Another thing you can do with gratitude is maybe to keep a diary and just to actually write down each day a couple of things that you're grateful for. Uh, other things which could help would be making time for things that you're interested in, taking time for your hobbies, 
taking time to read, taking time to listen to music. Uh, and again, just personally, I, I play guitar. I, I'm no Jimi Hendrix, but for me, it's a really good way to put me in a bit of a flow state where I'm no longer thinking about the things that could stress me. And it definitely does help just get my brain back to base level and, and de-stress me. So go pursue your hobbies, whatever they are, make time for them. Don't always be on the hustle. Don't always be thinking about work or scrolling through Facebook. Do, do things which you enjoy. So that takes us to my next thing. Limit your time in social media. Now, I've got a bit of a love-hate with social media. I think it's useful for communicating. It's a great tool to get information out there. Uh, but the flip side of that is it's you could be sitting flicking through your Instagram, your Facebook, looking at your peers and thinking, oh crap, they're living really good lives, I'm, I'm such a loser, why aren't I doing this? But again, step back, put it in perspective, limit it. If you are on social media, people generally only post good things. If they don't post the negative, they don't post the things that are stressing them out, then just Everyone has their, their stresses in life. Nobody is perfect. Everyone has crap going on. Uh, so yeah, everyone is just, end of the day, we're all human. So limit your time in social media. Uh, limit your time in your devices before bed. This is a big one as well. And it may be something I'll talk about if I ever decide to talk about sleep. But having that blue light from whether it's your cell phone or your iPad or whatever, that can actually tell your brain in layman's terms that it's time to get up. And that's not really what you want your brain to be thinking when you're going to bed. It's not going to help you bring the cortisol levels down. So this is a rule of thumb. I would suggest put your device away an hour before bed and, and do one of your hobbies or read a book or dim the lights. But just get your brain thinking it's, it's actually night time. It's not time to get up when it's really time to go to bed. Uh, I like this one. Uh, I'm Glaswegian, born and bred. And... We have a really good gallows humour, so keep a sense of humour. I mean, shit, what are you going to do? You're going to laugh, you're going to cry. May as well laugh about it. Yeah, we're here at the end of the day, and if things are bad, you're here, we're going to deal with it. you get two choices, you can cry about it, or you can put a smile on, see some fun in it, and try and push through, and the knowledge of things inevitably will improve at some point. So keep a sense of humour. Try and laugh at yourself. Don't take yourself too seriously. Uh, plan your day, be organised, uh, do some sort of daily schedule, having a list of things to do is quite a fulfilling thing, it's quite satisfying to tick things off and it doesn't have to be uh, a, a big heavy list which would create stress, it could be little things through the day but yeah it's a good coping strategy to manage your day and to minimise stress. Uh, now Having said that, if those things, if you're still struggling, you're managing them, but you still have issues with stress, seek professional help. That's what it's there for. Go and speak to someone, whether it's a counsellor. Uh, it might be just you need to talk to someone who can help you put things into perspective. And from a professional point of view, they might help you develop some individual coping strategies based, based on you, which might help you. Uh, and other things which not to do uh, and we've all been guilty of it I have been guilty of this myself don't uh, lean on things like alcohol cigarettes, food sugary foods or drugs to help you get through stress again own personal experience there's been times in my life where I've, I've drank too much I've, I've, 
I developed a bit of a fondness for craft beer for a period of time there, which wasn't very good for me. Uh, but again, I know there's plenty of people who comfort eat, they eat bad food, even though they know it's bad for them, but it's that kind of quick uh, cetacean that makes them feel better. Same with drugs, same with cigarettes. Now, I'm not saying, uh, if you're gonna do these things, fair play to you, but don't use them as a crutch for something else if possible. There are better ways to try and deal with these uh, stress in your life. So guys, that is my two cents in cortisol. So I hope you enjoyed that. And the takeaways from that is, and again, this is something that's always in my mind, step back, put things into perspective. Things generally aren't as bad as they might appear to be at the time. And also keep in mind that as humans, we have evolved uh, to live in a particular lifestyle which doesn't really exist anymore. We don't live in small tribes. We don't live in small communities. We don't live a hunter-gatherer lifestyle. We live in a very, very complex uh, society. There's all sorts of crazy social hierarchies and uh, basically things are going 24-7. So be kind to yourself. Acknowledge the fact that you're not designed to live like that and it's okay sometimes just to stop say no and chill out for five minutes so team i'm going to wrap it up there but i will be back at some point and i'll talk about those other hormones in a wee bit of detail and like i say i've said in other podcasts here i'm going to try and really push this and develop this and try and improve it each time i'm conscious of like repeating myself and little things like that but what i'd like you to do if you have listened to it and you've enjoyed it is tell your friends about it tell your colleagues your family and if you found this on social media give it a like give it a share and I will be eternally grateful to you. So I'm going to wrap it up there. We're by on 30 minutes. Pete out. See you next time. Cheerio.